RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer. We are so happy, as always, that you are here to listen to this thing we call a podcast. I apologize profusely for missing last week. I was called away on a surprise secret, double top secret assignment uh, for Impact Wrestling. And uh, we'll be able to tell you more about that as time goes by. But it was a blast. Uh, And... um, uh, really excited about uh, what we did, and uh, very soon I'll be leaving for another secret assignment. So uh, all these secret assignments are kind of fun, but uh, I do apologize for not being here. It was a last minute thing, and uh, and so uh, I had to go with the flow. Also got to see um, spend a couple days this weekend uh, with my uh, very close friends, family, uh, Fit Finley, his wife Mel, uh, his son David, and uh, Alana and Brogan, their kids. And, uh, so I want to thank them for their hospitality and, uh, great to see them as always. And I think I've convinced fit Finley to come on this podcast and tell some stories. So, uh, uh, unless he back unless unless he, he changes his mind. I think we're cool. Um, so, uh, this week on city ringside, the impact world heavyweight champion, Eric young. And I, I think it's fascinating because, uh, And we'll get into this with Eric. As wrestling fans, uh, we sit back and we see time and time again a wrestler go into NXT, get over as one of the top guys or girls, get called up to the main roster, and I'd say nine out of ten times, uh, forgotten about. And I don't think we've ever, pretty sure we've never had the opportunity to talk to somebody who's been through that process to find out how it feels and and how frustrating it could be and, and, and... uh, get an insight on that. So I'm looking forward to talking to Eric about that. Also, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, Bound for Glory, live on pay-per-view Saturday, October 24th. The main event, Rich Swan will challenge my guest this week, Eric Young, for the Impact World Championship. And I am really looking forward to that match. Uh, I was not very familiar with Rich Swan's work. Uh, I saw him at, at uh, Slammiversary and was absolutely blown away by his performance. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that match and to, uh, to seeing, uh, seeing what happens at, uh, at bound for glory Saturday, October 24th. And it will be impact wrestling week all that week on access TV. So, uh, I will hopefully be a part of that. It might even be, uh, been one of the reasons why I was on special assignment. Hint, hint. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at David Penzer, all one word. If you would like a T-shirt of the podcast logo, uh, the ring with the microphone in the middle with the light shining down, uh, you could go to uh, prowrestlingtees.com backslash David Penzer, all one word. And we thank those who have supported that effort. And it's been an interesting ride, which is what the purpose of it was. So, uh, yeah. Like you never know any uh, how something's going to turn out unless you try it. So we tried, and it's been an interesting uh, journey. But if you're interested, uh, they're, they are up there and available and ready to rock and roll. And I uh, look forward to engaging with you guys on Twitter, as always. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest this week is the Impact World Champion. He's been through a crazy ride in this year we call 2020, and we're going to talk about it. He is Eric Young. 
Ladies and gentlemen, honored this week to have as my guest. He is the Impact World Heavyweight Champion, and on Saturday, October 24th, he will be facing Rich Swan in the main event at Bound for Glory, live on pay-per-view and fresh off uh, Victory Road from a couple days ago. You are still the champion. Eric Young, welcome to City Ringside. We'll talk about Bound for Glory. Um, tell me about coming back to Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it's been good, man. The transition has been uh, amazing and more than I could have hoped for. Um, the big thing for me is just being involved and being relied on and, and being in a position where I can contribute and, and make make a television show better. Um, it, it's all that I've ever really wanted, um, and I'm having uh, you know a real opportunity to do that, and I've been running with it, man. So it's, it's been a breath of fresh air and uh, been a very cool experience. A coming home of sorts. I mean, you're there. You know that the company is completely different and you know, owned by different people and ran by different people and on a different, you know, television station. And uh, the people at Access are doing amazing. The, the the ownership of Anthem has been, you know, just great for me and great, great for Impact and as a whole. So it's, uh, it's really cool to be part of a big team effort and everyone's kind of pulling the rope in the same direction. And that's, uh, it, it's just, it, it's hard to describe the, the feeling of pride and the, the feeling of, of, um, you know, having a place in the world is, is, you know, it's indescribable. It's, it's a, it's very cool for me to be back kind of where I cut my teeth and, and work alongside people I've known for years and new people and, and a company that during a global pandemic is growing. That's the most exciting part of the whole thing. For sure. I, I've lived this uh, story as well, but I'm just curious on your take, what were uh, the di- differences uh, when you came back to Impact wrestling that you noticed right off the bat between the TNA ownership days and the current uh, regime? I mean, a lot of it has to do with, there's not a massive separation in between, you know, office personnel and, and, and in-ring personnel. There's always going to be a divide there with, you know, the production side and the office side and decision makers and the guys that are performing these decisions and, and having to, to uh, execute a game plan. Um, But I feel like there isn't a big gap there. You know, and it, it does seem like everybody is on the same page and everyone that works there from the production side to the wrestling side to the, the creative side, are they're all working for the common goal, you know, and everyone's going to have different ideas of how to get there. But I feel like those ideas are respected and listened to. And it is a very collaborative effort, which is not the case in most places with anything like this. You know, it's there's, uh, you know, tons of money on the line here for, for impact. And the fact that, you know, you feel like you're part of it. I think one, it makes you a better uh, quote unquote employee and um, the collaborative effort. It, it's just more gratifying. You know, it's, you feel like you're part of the process and, and that's invaluable as far as a performer goes or, or a person in management. If you having people, uh, employees that feel like they're part of the process, they're more invested and they care. And for me, like that's for any kind of creative outlet, that that's ideal. This is, you know, how companies like this should be run. I agree a thousand percent. And I've said that on this podcast many times um, without getting into how the sausage is made. How long after you got that notice from WWE, did it start? Did you start thinking about, hey, you know, this might be a great time to revisit impact. They're taping in Nashville. I live outside Nashville. Uh, you know, me and Scott DeMore go back a long way. How? Uh, was it an immediate thought or was it something that took a while, uh, you know, to to even think about your future 
after you know getting blindsided by WWE? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I was blindsided as much as most. I mean, I was, I was surprised it didn't come earlier in the pandemic. <laughs> um, you know, like we we weren't being asked to work. Um, I was making you know, a, a very, very lucrative amount of money to do basically nothing. Um, so it didn't come as any surprise to me. Like when they released the statement saying that they're going to be cutting back in personnel, like I knew I was going to be on that list. You know, it, I, in no way, shape or form, do I think I should have been on that list, but I knew, you know, the reality was I've been doing this a long time and I know how things work. And, you know, I have a still a, a mostly functioning brain. So I knew I was going to be on the list. Uh, as far as what I was going to do, there was, you know, um, being in my position, you know, I mean, I, I, it was cool to say that I did have options, you know, and I've been smart and I've been, I wouldn't say frugal, but, uh, you know, I've made a very good living in wrestling and from wrestling over the last, you know, at least 10 years. And, um, I've lived pretty honestly. So, uh, the big thing for me was, is I didn't have to go anywhere. You know, I, I, I wasn't forced. I'm like, man, I, I got to find a job. I need to be working. How am I going to pay my bills? Sure. Um, I, in no way, shape or form was I ready to retire or financially in a place to retire, but I didn't have to jump, jump in. You know I mean? I, I could have waited and I could have, you know, played my cards a different way. And Scott, you know, me and him go way, way back, sure. so way, way back, you know, long before TNA. Um, he's one of my very, very close friends and always has been. Um, he was one of, 50 people invited to my wedding, um, which is, you know, I mean, you know, you know, it is Dave, like over years you meet so many people and you become close with so many people in so many walks of life. Like having only 50 people at your wedding is, was a, was a tough decision. You know, it's sure. some people got left on the outside looking in, but um, he was there and he was one of the first people to call me and say that, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a bunch of crap or what happened and you know, it, you should never be in this position, but he's like, as the, you know, general manager and, you know, president of impact wrestling, he wanted me there. And, uh, that, that feels good. You know, it feels good to, to know that you're wanted somewhere. Um, and me and you him had a long process of going back and forth. And I was still talking with, um, Hunter and he was very interested in having me back at NXT and after WrestleMania, that was where I was supposed to go. WrestleMania was going to happen. And then I was going to go back and be involved in a, in a big storyline back at NXT. And obviously, you know, plans changed and the pandemic happened and I got quote unquote furloughed or fired, whatever, however you want to, you know, I say fired, they're going to say furloughed because it sounds nicer, but um, yeah, it, it was definitely uh, a choice, you know, which is cool. And you don't always get that choice and it's cool to be able to make that decision because you're not always in a position where you can choose. And it was, it was really cool for me to be in a position to choose. Um, there was an opening, um, you know, I obviously slid into a very, very good spot on the show, which was, was never part of the decision. I mean, I was, I was game for whatever they decided. So, but it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a really cool ride, man. And I feel like reinvigorated and I think it's showing in my work. Yeah, absolutely. A thousand percent. How does one go about going to Hunter and saying, please come back to, to NXT? Does, is, that, is that a conversation you have with Vince? Is that a conversation you have with Hunter? How, Carano, how does that work? No, that's, uh, he came to me. We, uh, I wrestled, um, I'm trying to think of where it was, somewhere we, we did main event and I wrestled Tozawa and we had a really good match. It's the first time we, we had ever wrestled before and it was on main event. It's the, the show that, air, that they record before Raw. Um, 
And as I came back through the grill position, everyone was like, hey, good job, good job, whatever. And Hunter pulled me aside and said, hey, like, if they don't have any plans for you, I would really like for you to come back to NXT. Like, that was a great match. And like, it, it's crazy that you're, you know, you're not being used. And I don't think they have plans for you. And if they don't, I would, I would love to have you back in NXT. And me and him are, we still talk quite often. We're still close. And I think we always will be. We, we've, we hit it off when we first met and have always got along. And I respect him a great deal. And uh, I was very transparent with him. You know, the talks I had with Scott and, and vice versa. I was t- telling Scott, you know, the talks I was having with Hunter. And I, I've got nothing to hide. I'm not a, I would never claim to be a, a smart businessman or, you know, it was never, I was never leveraging them against each other. I was just very open and honest with the whole process. And I think in the end, it, that's, you know, a, a much better way to be. Um, I, I want to still have a relationship with Hunter. Um, he's a guy that I respect a great deal and he did a lot for me. He's the reason I went to NXT. He's the reason I went to the main roster. Um, he's the reason, you know, I was supposed to go back to NXT. He's the reason, you know, I got a raise. He's the reason the whole WWE thing happened for me is from him. And, and I owe him a lot and I'll never forget that. And uh, he, he knows that I've been very clear with him. Um, but yeah, it's uh, everything happens for a reason. I have the word fate tattooed on my, the under my right underarm because I believe in it. It's, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason and I'm very excited and very happy to be where I am. It's just the truth. I feel this is what I was supposed to be doing all along. So in this business, we see a consistent pattern, uh, of wrestlers that, uh, go to NXT, get over huge with the NXT audience, get called up to the main roster. And then for whatever reason, uh, it just doesn't work. And I'd say probably that have you you know you're there that happens probably ninety ninety five percent of the time, uh, and everybody always yeah. wa- everybody always wonders why is that you know and there's you know there's some there's some thoughts and there's some things that are known you know but but t- talk to me about that process you go to NXT you get you, you uh, kick it off uh, get, um, hit it off with Hunter uh, he puts you in sanity you kind of lead that group you guys get over. Uh, Good spot on on the shows, and then uh, when you when you get when you when you find out you're getting called up, are you excited? Are you are you disappointed? How does that work at this point? No, I mean it's it's kind of bittersweet too. You know, it's um the, going into NXT and and you know me and Hunter talked and he had this idea for me to lead this group and and uh, you know you never know how it's going to work out. I didn't know any of the guys in the group before that had never met them, had never seen them work. Um, the, the original group, uh, Sawyer, Madman Fulton, got, got injured, and they replaced him with Damo. Now, uh, Killian Dane is the guy that I had wrestled for Impact or for TNA while we were overseas. And so I, I was familiar with him. So I thought he was a good fit for the group. And, and then we just took the ball and ran with it. You I mean, like, Sanity was one of the most overacts on, on the whole show. Star-studded show, jam-packed with crazy talent, with crazy people that are over everywhere we go. And we had just as big or bigger reaction than almost anyone wherever we went, you know, tag team of the year, um, war games that, you know, we were in, were a massive part in. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I did a lot of work in that match, putting it together and organizing it. And I think anybody that was in it and Adam Cole and Roderick Strong and AOP and all those guys, they'll tell you, I mean, like, I feel like the success of that, um, it was definitely a group effort, but I think a lot of it was spearheaded by me. You know, and, and that winning match of the year was a huge feather in my cap. Sure. And then being called up to the main roster, it's, I mean, it's what I've dreamed of since I was four years old. You know, like if I couldn't, I couldn't wait. 
you know, and I believe I have a very distinct skill set that would work for the WWE that, that Vince would like and would appreciate. Um, and I guess that's just not the truth. You know, it's, um, it, it all comes down to him. Everything that happens on, on either of the two big shows, uh, is decided by him. You know, he's got more wins and he's got losses. There's no doubt pro wrestling as it is now exists because of him and his ingenuity and his creativity and his, you know, his promoting acumen. Like he's, uh, you know, at one point for sure was a super genius. You know, I am, I've said this a million times in a million different interviews. I'm not the first person he's missed on. I will not be the last. Um, but I would tell him to his face is he made a mistake. And in my opinion, it's one of the biggest mistakes he's ever made, you know, and I've said this in other interviews, but it's the absolute truth. If you've got a three hour wrestling show and you can't find something for Eric Young to do to contribute, then you failed as a leader. And I'm not on the show. It wasn't on the shows. That was his choice and nobody else's. Everyone else was going to bat for me, but he didn't want to hear it. And I don't know how that happens. I mean, like, He's never even really seen me do anything. So I don't know how he could make a decision one way or the other on if he thinks I'm good or not. He just looked up from his cell phone for more than five seconds. And apparently I was doing something that he didn't enjoy. So um, it didn't change how I think of myself. I don't think it changed how wrestling fans think of me. Um, you know, it's, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a bitter pill to swallow being in that position and, and, and wanting to be, you know, uh, a part of, of something like that, you know, and it being a dream of mine. But the truth is, is I've done more in wrestling than I ever thought I was going to, I ever set out to do. Um, and that's just a, it's a hiccup. You know what I mean? It's, it's part of my story. It, even though it didn't work out the way it was, I, I, I met a bunch of amazing people. I was part of this amazing machine for, you know, almost five years. Um, I had massive successes there. Uh, I won, you know, a tag team, championship that they can never take away. Uh, I was a huge part of the success of NXT over the course of the two, three years that I was there. Um, and, and I can say like, I wrestled on raw, I wrestled on SmackDown. I, you know, I, I got a win on a pay-per-view. I beat Kofi Kingston on TV. So, you know, even though the, you know, it didn't go how I planned or how I wanted to, to me, it's still a success. Um, I learned a ton by being there. Um, and I, I don't hold any ill will towards Vince or to anybody there. You mean like it's, it, it has nothing to do with that. Like I, uh, you know, if the, the opportunity arrives, maybe I, I work there again at some point at this juncture, I'm not interested in that. Um, I'm interested in what I'm doing and helping uh, impact grow. And I think the proof is in the pudding, like the numbers are, are doing very well. Slammiversary was a huge milestone for the company, which I was a big part of. Um, Victory Road that just happened with me and Eddie, it, you know, was, I think it's a stamp for me saying like, look at like this guy can get it done and get it done in a big, big way. And, and I think the wrestling world is saying that and he'll never admit it. And like I said, like he doesn't, you know, Vince doesn't care that I'm there or I'm not there. He doesn't, he doesn't have any idea, but he made a mistake. And if he knew or, or had time to worry about it, he would, he would, he would admit it. I think he doesn't have time. He doesn't, he doesn't care about me or, or anybody else. He's busy making a billion dollar television show. So it's uh, it is what it is. And I'm not bitter in any way. I, I, if I could go back in time, I would definitely change it. There's nothing I could do. Me and him spoke on a couple occasions and I thought it went well. And I pitched a couple ideas and I thought it went well. And it just, uh, it just never transpired. So uh, it is what it is. And I ended up where I am because of it. And, 
fate is a beautiful and terrible and crazy thing sometimes. So it's, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. I, I, blood, I believe that my whole life and me being an impact and helping with the success of that company is proof that fate can be an amazing thing. I agree with you on fate a thousand percent. Um, one last question on that, and then we'll move on. When you're called up, is there a detailed plan of what they're going to do with you? Or they just they say, Eric, young sanity, come on up and we'll figure something out. Yeah, I think when it first happens, it, there, there isn't really a plan. And then that transpires over time, right? Because, I mean, literally, like, it's crazy to say, but, like, they're going week to week. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, they don't know who's going to be healthy. They don't know who's going to get over. They don't, this is how wrestling's done. And, you know, sanity goes from not being on the talent available list to being on the talent available list. And I think sometimes they have an idea, and they definitely had a plan. We were supposed to be with New Day. And uh, during the show, our debut, um, the main event was like a, a, an eight man or a six man. And I can't even remember who's in it, but I know it's three guys versus New Day. And then New Day goes over and then our music hits and we come out and stand on the top of the ramp to end SmackDown. And that's going to be the first time you see us. SmackDown goes up the air with the three of us standing there. It's a big moment. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a cool spot to be in working with New Day. These three guys that are absolute pros three of the most amazing human beings that I know, uh, three of the most talented wrestlers, professionals that I know. And uh, the match went long in our, our segment. Ah. And that's what happens with live, with live wrestling. So we're standing there in the grill position and they cut it because we wouldn't have had time to get out on the top of the ramp and then shoot us. You know, they, they would have been able to show maybe a couple seconds, but they felt it wasn't effective enough. And then for whatever reason, the next week that plane plan changed and we ended up doing something with the Usos and then through this weird, you know, cosmic event that happened, Shinsuke Nakamura is on a rest on a house show in California. We're there with him and he gets attacked by a dom- bomb sniffing, sniffing dog and it bites him. He has to go to the hospital. So the next day is SmackDown. We're in California and they're like, well, someone has to wrestle Jeff Hardy for the U S title. I'm pretty sure it was BG James said Eric Young is, is excellent. He's a heel. Uh, he's new. It's a good spot for him. So have him come out and challenge Jeff. So that's what we do. But they're like, well, Eric can't beat Jeff. Eric doesn't, they don't, we don't even know who Eric is yet. You know, we know that Sanity's brand new. And then it's like, well, then maybe the Usos can come out and we attack Jeff Hardy and the Usos come out and it rolls into a six man. Well, then it's like, well, they can't go over because the Usos are going for the tag titles and Jeff Hardy's the U S title. So the first time seeing us work on TV, we get beat. And like literally at that point, I knew we were done like dead in the water and uh, not a person that's been concerned about winning and losing, but there's times when you got to win. And when you're a debuting group, half the audience doesn't even know who we are and we get beat the first time seeing us wrestle on TV, we're dead. We're dead in the water, dead before we, you know, before we can even learn to walk, they're breaking our legs. Yeah. So that's how it happened. It's crazy circumstance, you know, and then we just never really got traction again. And then they broke us up and sent them back to NXT and, Per Vince's choice, I got sent to Raw. He wanted me to go to Raw because he wanted, he liked me at that point. He was like, oh, like we've got to think of something for him to do. And then you just fall through the cracks. There's so many guys. Like I said, they're just busy. It's not it's nothing personal. They're just busy making a billion-dollar television show. I fell out of favor, favor with the guy that decides everything, and that was the end of it. It's amazing to think uh, how things might be. I know you're a fake guy, so it all works out for a reason. But – it's amazing to think if you if you were walked out at the end of the 
the SmackDown uh, yep. on the stage with the with the New Day, how how it all could have been different. But you know, you can't look back. But that that's yep. a that's a that's a fascinating story and a really great behind the curtains peek at uh at at, at life in uh, uh, WWE. Hey, talk to me about the challenges of wrestling in front of no fans. Um, you know, this is a this is a business that was pretty much made to be held in front of people. Uh, I don't think anybody ever expected yeah. that it wouldn't be. So, uh, because of obviously because of a pandemic, and as we talk, you know, the entire White House is you know going through a COVID scare, and and it, it's still here. So yeah. I don't know when we're going to get back in front of an audience, but um, I guess we're moving in the right direction. But uh, how how the, how are the challenges of that? Because the whole game is supposed to be played in front of an audience for reaction, and that audience isn't there. How does that change things? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously way different. You know, like you're, you're part of the show, too, and you take your cues from, from the audience as well. You know, you know when to hype it up and this, that, and the other. And a lot of that comes with experience, but it's – it's a weird thing with me where it's like, if I could change it, the pandemic never happens. You know I mean, we're not in this position, but th- those are the cards that we've been dealt. You know, I mean, we've been dealt a certain set of cards and you just have to learn to play and being a good poker player is, is learning to uh, advance yourself and advance your pot by the cards that you're given. And, you know, being a good pro is, is, is not harping on the negative is, is just trying to make, make most of the situation. What's cool for me is, you know, we're going to look back and, you know, the world's going to look back in 10, 20 years and say, man, what a wild time. There was, you know, wrestling was really the only kind of live week to week thing that didn't go away. And there's all kinds of, that's another whole conversation for another day, but you know, it, it hasn't missed a beat, you know, impact didn't miss a beat. WWE didn't miss a beat. AEW didn't miss a beat. They just kept producing content and producing weekly shows. Um, I think part of that is a cool thing. It's a, it's a good release. It's a good thing for people to have something to watch, to forget about, you know, the kind of dark times and the weird times that we're living in. But for me personally, as I'm a very experiential person, um, I want to kind of experience everything good, bad, and indifferent, always kind of hoping for the good, but, you know, you can't have the sweet without the sour in wrestling in front of no fans. It sucks. I mean, like it sucks. It's, it's not what pro wrestling is. And, um, it's very difficult. I can tell you that it hurts a lot more. Um, and it, it's weird because you don't, you don't know if what you're doing is what you should be doing. You know, when, as you gain experience, you become very good at it. Um, which I think I am, um, is you learn to adjust on the fly. And sure. being able to do that in a split second because the crowd is either li- really liking something you're doing or really not liking something you're doing. And you don't have that, that instant feedback. You know, you wrestle and, you know, we take canned shows and, you know, it can be weeks before you hear, it, you know, if it was good or not. Yeah. I mean, when you're doing it, you, you can feel it, you know, sure. if it was good or if it wasn't. But at the same time, you're not sure if the crowd's going to dig it. You I mean, you thinking it's good isn't doesn't always translate to the crowd thinking it's good. I can tell you there's been plenty of times where I, you know, you have an idea and you do it and you think, oh, people are going to love it. And people are like, no, no good. So um, it's definitely strange, but in a weird way, it's cool to be part of it. You know, I mean, like we're this, as, a, as an active wrestler, as an active performer, you know, this is unprecedented. I don't, you know, I'm hoping and praying that this never happens again. Oh, God. You know, that no one has to go through this. I'm good. You know, and being being part of that group i mean there's you know whatever 200 to 250 active 
full-time pro wrestlers in North America wrestling on TV during this global pandemic. And I feel people are going to look back at this as a very special time. I think most importantly for me is impact as a company during this time when it should be going the other way. Everything in business and everything in the world says it should be shrinking, and but it's not. Like, you know, they just released a, a statement that it's now it has, you know, uh, a, a partnership in the UK again. And we're going to be back on TV full time in the UK. It's it's the only wrestling company that's growing. I mean, I know other wrestling companies are, are doing good things and and are, you know, the Thunderdome looks amazing. And AW, the first guys that work in front of, you know, small amount of fans again. And, you know, they're doing their shows and, and getting their numbers and stuff. But Impact as a whole, as a company, is growing by leaps and bounds during, you know, the world is closed, man. It's, yeah. it's crazy to think. And to be part of that is is something that I think I'll cherish and remember forever. It's, it's, it's a very, very high point of pride for me to be part of this groundswell that's helping to grow a company and uh, make another place for people to, to work and earn a living. And uh, for wrestling fans to be like, man, this, this show is good. You guys, I mean, like you see it on Twitter and, and on social medias and stuff is wrestling fans that are finding it or coming back around to it again are telling people you you have to give impact a chance, man. It's, it's an, it's a good pro wrestling show. And I've said this a million times and I mean it, I'm a pro wrestling fan. Impact has the best pro wrestling show on TV. The other shows are television shows and they're based in pro wrestling, but you know, impact is a pro wrestling show made by pro wrestling people for pro wrestling fans. And I'm proud of that. Yeah, I am too. It was, uh, it's crazy how the world works that, you know, in a pandemic, I was able to find my way back to something that I love and I'm, I'm honored to be a small little part of it, yeah. and it must be really cool for you to, you know, kind of be one of its leaders. Hey, I know you got to go do some other media. I don't want to hold you up, but before we do go, um, I I know, and I've kind of followed you on Twitter. I know you're a big fantasy sports fan. Um, I'm a big fantasy football guy. Thank God we have fantasy football. Uh, I, I was telling yeah. my wife when this whole thing started, it was like I I think I could do go through all this. And but have fantasy football, but I don't think I could go through all this and not have fantasy football. That just pushed me over the edge. Um, I'm actually playing you this week in our uh, Impact uh, uh, versus uh, Experts League, but uh, where I'm not doing too yep. well. Um, I'm curious. Uh, you're you're a Titans fan as well, correct? I am. Yeah, diehard. Okay, so I'm. I live in Tampa Bay. I'm a, obviously a Bucks fan, but if the Bucks are playing somebody, and I got that running back or I got that wide receiver. I want him to go nuts. Would you rather lose a fantasy game uh, and have the Titans win? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, for my, my, my love of fantasy football is based in my love of football. Um, I loved football before I, I discovered fantasy about, you know, 15 or 16 years ago. Yeah, me too. Um, for me, I mean, fantasy is a billion dollar business. It's, you know, there's no secret. The cool thing about fantasy is it makes games that you wouldn't care about makes them interesting. I mean, like I just watched exactly. Denver and New, you know, New York Jets, two of the worst teams in the league, <laughs> battle it out. And it was amazing because I've got guys on both sides. You know, the problem for me is I got so many teams and being a, a quote unquote celebrity, a quote unquote fantasy expert. And I work with sports grid, a company out of New York. And I do a, a morning show uh, to prepare people for their lineups with Joe Pisapia and Matt Stryker, actually, uh, two, two impact boys on there may, you know, help, help in the fantasy world. But it's, uh, 
it's always been a huge passion of mine and, I, and I've turned it into almost a business. I mean, I, I get paid to, to do my analysis and appear on shows and I've worked with CBS and I appeared for, I think it was 14 hours straight last year on CBS's telethon. They obviously didn't do it this year because of the COVID stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, like I buddies with Matthew Barry, you know, friends with, uh, Field Yates and you know, all the guys from ESPN and, you know, buddies with the guys from CBS. And it's been a very cool thing. And, and being part of the community is cool. And for me, it just it increased my love of football tenfold. Like yeah. I know so much more about it. Love fantasy sports, play fantasy hockey as well. And having the, the blue check mark helps, you know, it led me to, to being able to work with the athletic is a, a product that I, I've subscribed to from almost day one. Uh, an amazing product. I, I wrote fantasy hockey articles for them last year and did a fantasy hockey podcast that went really well and hoping to be back with them next season for the NHL, whenever that is. Uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, I'm a huge sports guy, had been my whole life, um, was, you know, a, a quote unquote athlete growing up and played all kinds of sports and still play hockey to this day. Uh, actually, I'll be on my way tomorrow morning to a roller hockey tournament this weekend with some oh. of the boys and, um, yeah, I love fantasy sports, man. It's just a cool outlet. I like the idea of dissecting it and breaking it down. And, and, you know, I'm not a big numbers guy. I, I just like to think of situation and, and guests and, you know, it's, it's hybrid gambling. I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, you know, it's, it, that's what it is, but it, it, the gambling and the money is definitely secondary for me. It just knowing and, and making an opinion and being right and being wrong. It's, it's just such a cool process. And I, I fell in love with it uh, 15 years ago and I'm more in love with it today than I was then. It, it's cool to be making a, you know, a supplemented income on the side of, of wrestling, uh, doing fantasy sports. It's something that I've always wanted to do and, and I'm doing it. And it's, it's super cool, man. Wrestling has opened so many doors for me and uh, I've kicked them open and ran down those halls. It's been, it's been a pretty wild ride. Yeah, it's amazing what you said about uh, uh, making a bad game interesting. It's a hundred percent true. I had a, yeah. I had both defenses last night in different leagues, and of course both oh, both offenses went off, and and two of the worst offenses in the NFL go off. Uh, but uh, the Jets got a, a, a interception for a touchdown. Twenty twenty rule, Dave. Twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, well, it's I wish crazy. It, it, no one no one would have predicted that. I, w- I wish you luck this week. I've changed my team name in that league to all the wrong moves because everything I do backfires. But uh, uh, hopefully uh, hopefully we could get the victory this week. And more importantly, looking forward to uh, you and Rich Swan uh, uh, going toe-to-toe in the main event of uh, Bound for Glory, Saturday, October 24th. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. Looking forward to the pay-per-view. Looking forward to seeing you up in Nashville real soon. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, October 24th is going to be a special night for wrestling, uh, a special night for me, a special night for Rich, uh, and a special night for Impact as a whole, man. I'm pumped to be part of it and pumped to be the, you know, part of the, you know, the flag bearer, I guess. You know, it's it's something I've craved my whole life. The person that's, you know, that has the responsibility that a company like this is leaning on, and um, I promise results. Oh, it's, there's no doubt that I'm going to go into it 100% ready, and so is Rich, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm pumped for it, man. It's, but this has been a cool talk, Dave. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Come back anytime. And what you've been doing has been captivating, to be honest, uh, with this character. So, uh, uh, you know, just not, not, not 
kissing your your ass because you're on this show. But just honestly, it's been uh, it's been great stuff. So I'm looking forward to more of it and see what happens at uh, Bound for Glory with you and Rich, who blows me away as well. So uh, this one should be. A barn burner yeah. for sure. All right. Well, good luck this weekend. And well, actually, this airs on Monday, but it won't be. Uh, it'll be before Monday Night Football, so we'll still uh, we'll still be playing, and we'll see what happens. But uh, like I said, thank you so much for your time, okay. and uh, I will see you soon. All right, Davey. Take care, man. Thank you, Eric Young, and uh, wish me luck. He is an expert. And I am just a layman when it comes to fantasy football, but I'm taking the challenge head on, and we'll see what happens. I'll let you know. You can actually watch. I'll, I'll, I'm actually going to connect the uh, the link to the league. Uh, uh, you could watch um, a lot of impact uh, wrestling talent is there, uh, some NFL.com uh, fantasy live experts, and some football players. I think we've talked about this before, so very interesting uh, to be part of that world, actually. And uh, kind of humbly not to dominate like I'm used to dominating my little my little fantasy football bubble. So uh, that should be fun. And if you're a fantasy football fan, you can check me out on Twitter at David Penzer, and I will post a link, and you can check out that league as we go. I believe Eric is 3-0 and going into this weekend, and I am 0-3 as we speak. So just one of those deals. It's 2020. Anyway, we'll be back next week with another great guest. And uh, we will ha- be having, I believe, Fit Finley uh, down the road. We will also be having Teddy Long when we can make that happen. Uh, we are going to talk to the true free agent, and that is the shoot, uh, EC3. And uh, be interesting to hear his story versus Eric's story because kind of went on a similar path. And, uh, and he is uh, keeping his options open. I know he will be at Bound for Glory. I do not know he will be a part of impact wrestling beyond that so we'll all find out together in the weeks and months to come but uh if you like what you're listening to you like the podcast be sure to subscribe if you can leave a review online tell your friends and neighbors and spread the word until next time i'm still david penzer thanks for tuning in i'll see you next week follow david penzer on twitter at david penzer Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochell. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.